Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of NBA Today. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You follow me at Corbin NBA and make sure to follow the tremendous people at Hoopball. This is a Hoopball production after all. Check them out at www.hoop-ball.com for amazing analysis across a variety of platforms. We have your NBA Game Time Premium <laughs> NBA Game Time Fantasy Basketball Premium Package, which covers ad and drop advice, pre and post game coverage, rankings, projections, all that good stuff, plus the opportunity to interact with Hoop Ball Pros. You also have a tremendous amount of podcasts from fantasy and gaming to all NBA podcasts to a stable of team podcasts as well. I'm just going to run through them real quick Fantasy NBA Today, Box Score Breakdown, DFS Today, Today in Sports Betting, of course, NBA Today, The Cause and Bruce Show. Then you have the team podcast, Hoopball Bulls cast, Clippers cast, Grizzlies cast, Kings cast, Lakers cast, Mavs cast, Nets cast, and Pelicans cast. Unfortunately, the Pelicans will get to them later. But make sure to check those tremendous professionals out. A great job. All of your basketball needs from the fam- fantasy perspective, from the general NBA perspective, from gaming, all of it. You want it, they got it. So make sure to look at that. I'll do it one more time for you, hoop-ball.com, and on Twitter, at hoop ball tweets so today we got a little segment of twitter fingers <laughs> a lovely guy uh, come up with an interesting take i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at that we also have to break down the battle for the eighth seed in the western conference which has been quite the entertaining uh topic to look at let me tell you there and also we've had a number of great games some random person dropped a 40 burger somebody else came and dropped a 50 piece and we're gonna break it all down here for you so without further ado let's get started all right, so let's get started with that eighth seed race, shall we? Right now, currently eighth at 33 and 38, same as before, are the Memphis Grizzlies, but they are barely hanging on, and I repeat, they are barely hanging on. Uh, they just lost to the Raptors. Pascal Siakam scored 26. Raptors won by nine. Norman Powell chipped in with 16 points. Kyle Lowry, who's been steady since the season resumed, has added 15. And with that win, the Raptors clinched the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, and that is also their fifth consecutive season with at least 50 wins. And credit to Toronto, who lose a major piece in their championship team last year in Kawhi Leonard, managed to stay the course win strength in numbers, uh, Pascal Siakam ascending, Kyle Lowry playing as strong as ever, uh, Norman Powell having just a career season, and you know what, the Raptors put in that work, and that's why they are where they are right now, number two seed easily, the second best team in the Eastern Conference, one of the top ten teams in the NBA, just a very solid team from top down, and Nick Nurse has coached just the absolute mess out of this team, so all credit where credit is due there, however, for the Grizzlies, 
They really kind of need to win this game. They really want to keep their edge up. Other teams are gaining ground. We're going to talk about them in a minute, but the Grizzlies didn't get it done. Dylan Brooks scored 25 points on shots that some went in, obviously, to get 25, and some were just uh, horrific-looking shots. Uh, just in general, he went 11 and 26 from the field, which was a ton more shots than a guy you would think would take a lot of them in John Morant. Uh, it is clear that Dylan Brooks is a chucker, and I, I just don't think that's his game. But you know what? You know, he led the Grizzlies, so boom. Grayson Allen also chipped in with 20 points, which is uh, another season high for him, second time he's done the season. And John Morant played pretty well, 17 points, 10 assists for the Grizzlies. But unfortunately, Memphis, they're in trouble. Uh, with that loss, they are 1-5 in five in the restart. And they are barely hanging on the West because, as I was about to mention, we might as well do this right now, Portland, Phoenix, and San Antonio are all right behind them. Blazers sit at 33 and 39. The Spurs are at 31 and 38. The Suns, who are the only undefeated team left in the bubble, are at 31 and 39. They are too hot to be stopped. Now, John Morant said that he's not worried about any playing game right now. His focus is learning from his mistakes, trying to beat Boston. I, I, I'm going on a limb here. I don't think they're going to beat Boston. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I don't see that happening, but the Grizzlies need something to work out. And, you know, you get it. They have had injuries. The loss of Jaron Jackson Jr. is huge. Uh, offense comes and goes for a lot of them right now. The Grizzlies shooting ebbs and flows. They made just 14 of 42 three-pointers against the against the Raptors. They also shot a combined 9 of 28 before halftime. And I'm talking about the Grizzly starters here. So it's just been hard for them. It has been hard. But this is where, for a young team, adversity is taught. And this is where you have to overcome that. Because right now, there's no excuse. Portland is on the rise. We're going to get to Damian Lillard and, and the Blazers in a second, but they are on the warpath, and the Suns have obviously shown that they are here as well. You can't have teams like the Grizzlies who really made their mark, and and I think uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. said this on Twitter, so uh, understated and eloquently, that every team is basically playing better since the bubbles resumed. Well, guess what? The Grizzlies need to get on that too. And you can't even blame the real loss of Jaron Jackson Jr. because they were already playing kind of lethargic and losing games that they really need to win even before that happens. So at some point, you know, they're a young team, you get it. These are the knocks. But it would be really, really hard, I can only imagine, to have the AFC locked up and then get yourself in a position where you are no longer in control of your own destiny and then get yourself in a position from there where you lose. That would be horrific uh, for a team that, you know, needs to take their lumps. But that would be one heck of a lump, right? I'm just saying. It really would. Uh, moving on. The Blazers, man. Damian Lillard has been on an absolute torching session. Literally since the bubble started, but pretty much all year you can look at it and go from there. And today, against the Philadelphia 76ers, it was no exception. The point guard here scored 51 points. 51 big ones. 16-28 from the field. 18 in the fourth quarter alone to go along with three rebounds and seven assists. And he went 15-16 from the free throw line after missing those two big ones against the Clippers the day before. That's huge. That's huge. Also, I'm just going to say it because it hits, hits a segment here for me, but that 51-point performance, that 50-burger, that's our nightly notable. It's simple. Check out that game. Check out that performance. That was easily the best performance for me of the weekend just because of where the Blazers are and how much they needed those points. There were some other numbers that were put up this weekend. Oh, boy, there were some numbers. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But for Damian Lillard to do what he did in this situation for a team that needed the the Blazers barely won this game. They beat the 76ers who were missing Ben Simmons, and they lost Joel Embiid early, 124-121. to It was pretty hard. 
Speaking of Joel Embiid, like I said, he left in the first quarter. The team caught it a left ankle injury. He did not return. He basically contested a shot, and then all of a sudden, he was backing up and kind of limping. Um, he apparently landed awkwardly, and that's how he ended up becoming injured. But before that, he had been averaging 30 points a game. And, you know, he had moments about how tough he was. He had a couple of games where he was just beasting in the post. He had a couple of other games where he was lying on a jump shot. But it was really finding a fit on the team that has lost Ben Simmons and is trying to find their way now. So that could be bad news, especially with Ben Simmons being out for the season. The 76ers definitely didn't need that. But they had some good performances. Josh Richardson stepped up big time, scored a season-high 34 points. Alec Burks chipped in with 20. And, you know, with this, the the 76ers, if they had won, they would have moved into a tie with the Pacers and the Heat for fourth place. Um, but obviously it didn't happen. And without their stars, they had fell behind almost immediately. It was credit to their team that they clawed back to make it competitive, but by the second quarter, they were down 17, and then they were also down by 9 at halftime, but coming up late, you know, things happen, and and this is where the Blazers kind of need to worry, because that's a team where, yes, as Damian Lillard said after the game, these are NBA players, they're not going to be pushed over, unless you're the Wizards, <laughs> sorry, Um, and those are the kind of competition you're going to handle, but with the 76ers missing, you're two best players, I mean, the Blazers are healthy. There should have been some more separation there, in my opinion. The fact that the 76ers were able to claw back there, yes, that's a lot of heart for them. That's a lot of spirit for them. But at some point, if you're Portland, you have to look back and go, hey, I don't know why I wasn't able to seal the deal here and put them away without it going down to the final minute. Also, random, Carmelo Anthony scored 20 points, and with those 20 points, moved into 15th place on the NBA's career scoring list. For me, I'm telling you, I'm happy for Melo. I love seeing old guys in the NBA still succeed. A lot of people wrote him off last year, and mind you, you know, he wasn't, uh, as the metrics say, you know, a perfect basketball player or, or someone there, but obviously he has proven that he can, has to, can still contribute, and a lot of those people who were saying that he can are kind of walking that back now, because it is proven that he can. Even if that role is to just score and grab some rebounds, he is doing that to a T, and with that, man, you just salute a guy like Carmelo who's had a career has gone through that late season late career adversity and has somehow managed to power through and prove that he can still play on the highest level so congrats to Carmelo for that this was that was just a game but you know other teams are there the Spurs won a nice game over the Pelicans also unfortunately knocking New Orleans out of playoff contention we will not see Zion after these bubble games I am sorry to say and it is a testament to the Spurs and the way they played because they came to this restart basically almost conceding at least uh verbally you know saying they're looking to develop the young talent but guess what their young talent's kind of developing and you know what the playoffs that could be a nice little uh, bonus at the end of the day for them DeMar DeRozan came through was really the old guys for San Antonio that really held them on DeMar DeRozan being 31 not necessarily old but you get what I'm saying he scored 27 Rudy Gay who I would consider old added 19 and you know what the Spurs had a pretty good lead over the Pelicans they were up by 20 points into the second half they lost that but they hung on to beat New Orleans and New Orleans was playing desperately because they were well aware hey if we lose this game you know that's that's kind of curtains for us uh the Spurs are trying to be the first team in NBA history to make 23 consecutive playoff appearances. They moved past Phoenix, who obviously couldn't win a game that they couldn't play, <laughs> having no game uh, today. I'm recording this on Sunday, the 9th of August. So they've moved past Phoenix in the 10th place. They're a half game behind Portland for the ninth spot. Obviously, I said that co- this coming weekend is that play-in series. So that's going to be huge. If if San Antonio can get there, I think it's going to it's gonna tell a lot, not only to the testament of their team, but I would give them an edge over Memphis. I mean, Memphis has been just swooning you know what I mean so it it will be interesting to see how that works out but 
Moving on for the Spurs, DeJounte Murray scored 18. Derek White played really well. It was red hot. He had 16 points. He did leave early in the third quarter with a bruised knee. There was no news update on him, so we'll have to monitor that and see what happens. Check out Hoopball for the latest uh, injury reports on that end, though. Just just a little plug there. Not even shameless. Just a plug. Um, for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram scored seven, uh, 17. Not really the best um, uh, scoring performance from the field for him. J.J. Redick with a season high 31 points and 8 three-pointers he gave his best effort at a game when they absolutely needed to win and it is sad because for the first time in his basketball life we're talking high school we're talking college talking the NBA there will be no playoff action for J.J. Redick there will be none dude's played in Orlando the dude's played in Philadelphia the dude's played uh, other stops I'm forgetting now offhand but guess what there will be no playoffs for him, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, he said that the team just didn't have competitive spirit and that they were flat and they weren't talking. But honestly, I think it's a young team. It's a young team. They weren't really, really ready for it. You have some guys who have been around the league now um, that you know have been around for a couple years that would have been, a, let's just say, a, a benefit from a playoff experience. I'm thinking Brandon Ingram here. I'm thinking Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. I'm really just thinking all the ex-Lakers. You know, they've been in the league for a couple of seasons. But for the most part, you're still looking at guys who are pretty young, you know, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of progress to do, and the Pelicans are going to look at the drawing board, and you know what? It, it, it makes Derrick Rose, I, if I remember correctly, the only uh, rookie to go straight into the playoffs from them. I mean, rookie of the year, That that's that's kind of big, so I'm going to have to look at that stat again, but I was looking at that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, pretty interesting. I really wanted Zion in there. He would have been heck of exciting, but uh, it's not what's going to happen. And that's unfortunate. But that's where we stand right now. It is Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs, and Suns. Pelicans are out. And if you notice, I need to mention the Kings because uh, <laughs> they're out. Okay, the Kings uh, didn't stand a chance. They were white in their most recent game. I mean, it, it, it's it's not good. In fact, while we're talking about the Kings, we might as well because uh, I got to talk about Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers scored a career-high 41 points. James Harden played as well as he usually does 32 points eight rebounds seven assists the rockets beat the kings 129 to 112 kings fell to one and five in the bubble easily eliminated from playoff contention when portland beat the 76 but come on to be honest i mean were they really ever in it i'm just saying no a sacramento's playoff drought is now 14 years which is the longest active street in the nba and that's kind of crazy 14 long long years we're looking back to like kevin martin and mike bibby like that long ago that's insane to me. So, you know, Luke Walton at the end of the game, same comings and goings of changing the mindset, mentality, and what it takes to win, and whatever the case may be. But the point being, Sacramento has a lot of work to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're not there next season. I mean, I, I might be going on a limb here, but I wouldn't be surprised. De'Aaron Fox at 26 for the Kings, and that was pretty much the only notable there that anyone's really concerned about. Um, aside from that, uh, Daquan Jeffries had 13, Buddy Hield had 16, uh, Bogdan Bajanovic had 13, and uh, Harrison Barnes had 11. And that's pretty much all you need to know about the Kings, because really, what is there to be said about them? I feel bad for uh, the good uh, leader at football, uh, Aaron Bruski, but I'm just saying, the Kings are, yeah, yeah, right? Austin Rivers, though. Gotta talk about him for now. Mike D'Antoni said he's been playing well. Obviously, tonight was his night. He's been playing great. Yes. He made six three-pointers. You know, there's a second straight game that the Rockets have played without Russell Westbrook, who has a bruised white right uh, quadriceps. So, you know, he's out of it. Austin Rivers had the opportunity to play major minutes. We already know that Mike D'Antoni keeps his rotation really short. 
But this quote right here, I, I just have to talk about it. So, Austin Rivers here. Quote, I believe I'm a premier scorer. That's just how I feel. But I'm on a team where that's not required of me. Every night I play with the best scorer in the NBA, and I play with one of the other best scorers, too, with James Harden and Russ. So you've got to play a role in buy-in. That's what winning basketball is. Okay. End quote. Boom. That second part, playing with the best scorer in the NBA, I agree. Playing with one of the other best scorers, Russ. Yes, perfect. Buy, you know, have a role, buy-in. All that other stuff, great. But can we focus on that first sentence? I believe I'm a premier scorer. That's just how I feel. You know what? Can't fault Austin for feeling that way. You just can't. The numbers don't back it up at all. I mean, the dude's a career nine points a game. Okay, just saying. 41% from the field, 34% from three. You know, eh, eh, 64% from the line in his career. Uh, His best, like, averages points-wise across his four seasons with the Clippers, he averaged 11 points a game. Uh, Before that, you know, he had the Hornets Pelicans where he averaged six. Um, And then with the Rockets, he's somewhere in the middle with eight. And he had one season, 29 games really with the Washington Wizards where he averaged 7.2. So, He's saying that he hasn't had that required of him in the past, but I would beg to differ. I think the Pelicans would have liked him to get somewhere in that ballpark. You know, hit 41 once in a while would have been kind of cool. Pelicans draft him 10th overall. I think they would have liked that. Um, Let's see, the Clippers, you know, we're talking about the Lob City days. You know, their bench was god-awful. I'm sure that they would have liked some scoring performances from Austin Rivers. And mind you, he had a couple here and there, but I'm just saying, just sustained scoring performances, your your premier score, <laughs> premier score, I'm just saying, I think they would have liked that. Um, Washington, you know, those, those that one season, those 29 games, they were kind of illusional and thought they could make some noise in the playoffs. I'm sure that, you know, something more than the 7.2 points that you uh, came up with on 39% from the field, I'm sure a little more than that would have been uh, a nice boon for them, just saying, okay. Um, and Houston, you know? Eight points, eight points. Your premier score. I mean, you're coming off the bench. I'm not sure what your role is aside from that. You're not exactly a point guard. You're a combo guard. You're not exactly a great defender. You're an adequate one. I would think that you scoring the ball is is a role. And I think that if the Rockets had someone like that, especially in, let's just say, Eric Gordon's absence, he hasn't been there in the entire bubble time, um, I think that would have been helpful. So I strongly disagree, if you couldn't tell, with that whole I'm a premier score. But then he did say that's how he feels. And you know what? I'm never going to be one. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I'm just going to stop right there. Uh, that's how you feel. I think you're wrong. I'm sorry. I am very, very sorry, Austin Rivers. But no. No. Premier score, dude? 11 points a game? No. I feel I'm a premier score, y'all. I do. I do. I'm a premier score. High school? Uh, my high was 27 points. But guess what? I am a premier score. All right? Just saying. <laughs> All right, y'all, so say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got two things on my mind. One is the return of the NBA because, come on now, it's the NBA. It's hoops. We love it. The second thing on my mind is my bookie. My bookie is a home run. It's a slam dunk. It's a triple overtime game-winning shot all wrapped up into one, and I love it, and you love it, and that's why we all should be here in order to start betting today. That's all you need to hear. That's that's why we're here. My bookie is up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, and guess what? With the NBA back when is there ever a better time to start playing? I'm just saying. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. That's amazing. If you're into baseball and you feel good about your MLB's team's chances this year, be sure to check out my bookie World Series future bets because nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. If you don't believe that, you should check me betting on the Lakers from 2014 straight up to 2018 because I believed in them when no one else did. Did it pay off for me? Heck no, but I did it. Just saying, it shows that faith, that ride-or-die spirit that you want with your team. 
basketball, why stop with basketball or even with baseball? Because smart bettors are always looking toward the future. And in this case, that means your basketball, that means your hockey, that means your football too. My book is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. So there has never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my book, you'll match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when signing up. That's HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when signing up. HOOPBALL together, bam, one word. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. How great is that? Had a couple more games to run through over this lovely Sunday the Oklahoma City Thunder will keep the poor, hapless Washington Wizards winless in the bubble with a 121-103 victory. Uh, Darius Baisley came up with a career-high 23 points. Danilo Gallinari added 20 as well for the Thunder, who are just making their way. It's going to be quite an interesting battle to see them in the playoffs as a team that is scrappy, that has a nice blend of youth and veteran talent. And you know what? It's just going to be great to see. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Gilgis, excuse me, added 18 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Mike Muscala had a 14 points, 4-8 from 3. Chris Paul with 13 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. Hamadou Diallo hit uh, 13 points. 5 of 7 from the field. Just a total team performance. And you know what? The Wizards haven't gotten a lot of love just at all this season in general. I mean, they were okay when Bradley Beal was there. But since they've been in the bubble, they've kind of just been a punchline. So I'm going to shout out some of the notables for them. Uh, you could say there was a balanced scoring effort for Washington, uh, led by Jerome Robinson, Robinson with 19 points on 7 to 15 from the field. He's been playing very well since the bubble started because guess what? Points are there to be had. And um, you know what? Jerome Robinson is there for the points, but it's honestly really good to see the young man taking advantage of his time and carving out a role uh, scoring, because scoring against NBA defense is just hard. Yes, those points are available, but you still have to make them, so props to him for that. Ish Smith, 10 points, 4 assists. Troy Brown Jr., 12 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Thomas Bryant, 9 points, ex-Laker, gotta shout him out. Rui Hachimura did not have a game of the ages, 11 points on 11 shots. And Isaac Bonga, 14 points. Eight rebounds, two assists, and really that's that's about it. Maurice Wagner, he's another ex-Laker, so I have to say. Um, 12 points on 5-8 shooting, you know, notorious flopper, not a lot there. And that's really it. Jerry Grant's on the team, if you didn't know that. So is Jonathan Williams, another ex-Laker, who got some minutes. So props to him for that as well. But uh, <laughs> that is really all there is for the poor Wizards. I am so sorry. They've fallen behind the Hornets in win-loss record. The Hornets aren't even in the bubble. So, I mean, that just tells you how good or, or not good the Wizards are. In Orlando, they just—they're just the team that's not meant to be there. It's like when I'm just—they're just not meant to be, and, and they know it happens. All right. Another game, Boston Celtics outlasted the Orlando Magic 122 to 119 behind Gordon Hayward's 31 points and Jason Tatum's 29. Tatum is starting to find his form. He had a slow start in the bubble, but he is back and he is on the attack. And yes, that was a lame rhyme, but I did it. Uh, dude's been just balling out. And, you know, they'll go as far as he leads and as far as Gordon Hayward while he's still there because he will be leaving the bubble uh, with the birth of a child, so that's impending. But with the Celtics, it really comes down to Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, Kemba Walker and his health. All of that's going to be very important. Uh, Tatum went 10-24 from the field, not super great, 4-12 from three, added nine rebounds and six assists, but it was really Gordon Hayward who was just on fire, 12-18, 
five or six on the free throw line, nine rebounds, five assists. Just just very, very good. Um, Brad Watermaker off the bench had 10. You had a couple of eight birds with uh, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. And, you know, Kemba Walker couldn't really find a shot in 31 minutes, four points on one and nine from the field. But, you know, you can only hope that he'll round the form then. Uh, for the Magic, Nikola Vucevic had himself a game, 26 points, even if it was on 27 shots, 11 rebounds as well. Uh, James Ennis had 10, Gary Clark had 15, DJ Augustine had 12, Terrence Ross had 18 points, and Markel Fultz had 16 on 7-18 from the field. Uh, he was 0-4 from 3, and that really came out to bear late in the second stage of overtime when he's bringing him off the court. Basically had a, a relatively open 3, but didn't have the confidence, didn't feel it was right, passed off to a Nikola Vucevic, was heavily covered. I, it didn't even make any sense to me to get off a last-second shot. Somehow, Vucevic was able to get the ball up. Somehow, was able to bounce off the front of the rim, but it bounced awry. I get it, Markel. You don't want to shoot it. You were 0-4-4 from the field, but you have an open one, and you needed three points. I'm just saying. Orlando, though, they've been playing well, and they're playing without a bunch of key pieces, so, you know, you already had the loss of Jonathan Isaac, you didn't have Aaron Gordon there with you, uh, Orlando sustaining a lot of losses, they still ended up making it a very scrappy game against the Celtics, so that was good to see for them, and you know what, they're going to the playoffs, they can hopefully hope for some help from help and health from Gordon, because unfortunately Isaac is out for the year, and kind of see where it goes from there. Uh, Brooklyn started off on fire, they ended the first quarter shooting something like 98% from the field. Okay, I'm just kidding. They shot 85% from the field in the first quarter, 18-21. But they raced to a 21-point lead over the Clippers. And the Clippers battled back, tied in the third quarter. Then the Nets came and just broke it open in the fourth. Karis LeVert had 27 points, 13 assists. He had nine of them very early in the second half, just saying. Um, everyone's on fire. Kawhi Leonard had just about the emptiest 39 points I can remember watching. Uh, the Clippers rested Paul George. For this game, they arrested Kawhi Leonard the night before. Um, and their lead over Denver for the number two seed in the West has been trimmed down to one. Ironically, or maybe not, they play the Nuggets on Wednesday in their next game, so that should be very interesting. Uh, the Clippers also didn't have Patrick Beverly, and they continue to wait for the return of Montrezl Harrell, who hasn't been with the team for obvious personal reasons. Uh, we hope he's doing well. But, you know, it just didn't seem like the energy was there. They weren't really locked in. Yeah. As Kawhi Leonard said, guys been in and out of the lineup. Key guys are still waiting for Trez to get back. But guess what? You have a solid team. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George didn't join a rebuilding team. They joined a team with some good pieces, and they built well around those pieces. So, yeah, they coughed up a game. But I don't think they came with the injury that they needed, and the Nets were on fire. They were on fire. The Nets had a double-digit lead three and a half minutes into the game, and at one point it was 45-24 to when Levert just waltzed down the court and scored as time ended in the first quarter. Joe Harris alone was 6-6 with four three-pointers. Perfect from the field for 16 points. So, I'm just saying. It just, it just wasn't there, and that happens. Uh, random little trivia thing: uh, Lou Williams came the 13th active player to appear in 1,000 regular season games. It is crazy to think that Lou Williams played with Allen Iverson back with the Philadelphia 76ers back in 2005, long time ago. Lou Williams has been around, man. That dude is an old, young, old vet. I'm just saying. We're in the year 2020. You go back a whole 15 years, and and Lou Williams looks somewhere near the same. It is, it is crazy. It is crazy. But aside from that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen. The Clippers trying to get healthy, obviously waiting for the return of Harold. They're going to more than likely be set to play the Mavericks as uh, if, if the seeding holds, and pretty sure that it will, depending on how uh, the Nuggets shake out. So that'll be fun to see. But, you know, this is I'm not saying worry about the Clippers. They're still a very good team, which is why I'm not cutting them any slack. But 
this could be something down the horizon. You know, just gotta just gotta wait and see. All right, so support for Hoopball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I would tell you a time that I've had a personal tragic accident in the nether region shaving, but you know what? I have too many, and they're all pretty traumatic for me. Don't really want to go back down that well, so I'm going to leave you guys with the pleasure of not knowing. I'll let you only imagine. If you even want to do that, I, I wouldn't even do that. Let's not even worry about that. Let's look at Manscaped, and see why they've redesigned the electric trimmer because they have the manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months just over a year and some change perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawn mower 3.0 yes and guess what i need a lawn mm, nope not gonna go with that joke their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to manscaped's advanced skin safe technology when i tell you this is premium i mean it is premium the battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. It gets dark down there. I like to see what I'm doing. I'm just saying. It's, it's like driving. You don't want to drive in pitch black, right? No. Especially when... No. You just don't want to do it. Just saying. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with the Quiet Stroke technology. It's Quiet Stroke. Just saying. Nope. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud <laughs> because it's intelligently designed standard convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. And I'm going to help you do that. You know how? Get 20% off plus that oh-so-good free shipping, I'm just saying, with the code Brewski at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and that oh-so-good free shipping with the code Brewski, B-R-U-S-K-I. B-R-U-S-K-I at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code BRUSKI at manscaped.com. B-R-U-S-K-I. Manscaped, y'all. Do it, please. Thanks. All right. Games to watch if you missed on League Pass. Yes, that's right. The new week is here. If you happen to be sleeping for all weekend or you're out with family or whatever the case may be, I, I don't understand how you wouldn't be watching NBA games, but let's just imagine. Let's just put our... Uh, imaginary caps on it and, and dream that you had something more important than watching basketball this weekend if you did guess what you missed a bunch of great games and i'm here to help you just so many good games first you could check out both blazers matchups yes against both the clippers and the sixers damn little played well the clippers had very good performances alongside paul george just check that out also pete luka Doncic's monster 36 point 14 rebound and 19 assist showcase against the bucks in a nail biter and check it again as you marvel at how the Mavs offense finally came through in crunch time for what feels like the first time all season i'm just saying it's been a long time also in case you missed it Doncic throws a dime that makes you want to drop some change out of my own pocket just so i could pick it all back up it was so good i'm just saying okay other games to see like I said, there were a few. You had a double overtime thriller between the Nuggets and the Jazz to check out. Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray were getting buckets, and you know Jokic got in the act, too. Just saying. Also, it's like watching sad movies. If you want to watch a sad basketball game, check out the Lakers' loss to the Pacers, as they were completely unable to stop a red-hot TJ Warren, and Anthony Davis was completely unable to make a bucket. I mean, for reals. He went 3 of 14 from the field, John. 3 of 14 from the field. And was a minus 20. Minus 20. Yikes! Just saying. Also, all the games I mentioned today were, were pretty good. Orlando and Boston was the one that went down to the wire. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, just to see a little team succeed against the Clippers, who, as a Lakers fan, I just soundly detest. That was a solid game. You had a bunch of games this weekend. You really couldn't go wrong. The Suns continued their undefeated streak over Miami. That was nice. I'm just saying. There was a bunch of games to check out 
all of them were high quality, and you have to love the quality of play that we've had so far. You're getting very few duds. And on a weekend like this, where most of these games really meant something to these teams, you know, you're not playing just to rest your players. You're playing for seeding, trying to get an opportune matchup in the playoffs, trying to avoid one, whatever the case may be. The quality has shown that on the floor, and it is a work of art. Mwah, just saying. Time for Twitter fingers. So, we have a gentleman by the name of Greg Logan. And first, I'm going to put some respect on his name before I go set about just jumping on the guy. According to his Twitter profile, he is an award-winning Newsday sports writer. He is a grad at Missouri School of Journalism back in 1973, of which I wasn't around and don't want to date my parents, but just before they were around. He was the author of Nose to Nose with Joe Klecko on the 80s Jets, and he was a boxing writer gone straight. So, you know, great resume of sports writing and a career that has spanned 40-plus odd years. Great. With that being said, even, you know, the more experienced of us in life can make mistakes. Because this morning, well, really more of this evening, if you will, a couple days ago, this is what Mr. Logan put out. And this is tweet. I'm going to read it. Quote, here is my Defensive Player of the Year ballot. Key Defensive Player of the Year. Drummond, Andre, Cleveland. Whiteside, Hassan, Portland. Antetokounmpo, Giannis, Milwaukee. Two-time winner Rudy Gobert's numbers of rebounds and blocks don't match Drummond and Whiteside. Giannis is a shutdown defender. Okay, so, end quote, real quick, before I go into this. Giannis is a very good defender, personally, and yeah, maybe there's some purple and gold tinting here, but I would prefer Anthony Davis on my ballot if I had one, which I don't. That being said, Giannis is a very, very, very good defender. Great. Let's set that aside. That is on the right side of history here. Now, here's where we kind of go into the dark, weird, uh, gray, wrong areas. Andre Drummond and Hassan Whiteside, in my opinion and most NBA fans' opinions, are two of the more overrated defenders. Yes, they're passable. They get their blocks. They get their rebounds. The raw stats, the accumulation of those numbers, they do a great job at. Great. But there is no way in anywhere on this beautiful green earth in the horrific year of 2020 that we all reside in that I would give those two an edge over Rudy Gobert in the Defensive Player of the Year award. I don't even like Gobert. I think some of his defensive stats are, I mean, he's an amazing defender, but I think some of it, other players are more impactful, just being able to go across different positions and shut down on the perimeter and switch back and defend the rim. I'm just saying, I think there's more impactful players maybe than Gobert this season. I don't think that's that much of a hot take, but this right here, Logan, geez, you got a ballot, like, okay. Hassan Whiteside? Dude, if he was playing like a defensive player of the year, I am pretty sure the Blazers' defense would have been a lot better all season just saying if he was that impactful of a defensive player okay and Andre Drummond I mean do we really have to talk about him he played in Cleveland he played in Detroit watch him okay the numbers are there but the defense wasn't I'm just saying it makes you wonder sometimes if people who have the 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 blue checks have the ballots have the authority perceived or otherwise in NBA circles and, and and at large actually watch the games that they attest so much of their knowledge to, or that they they, they, they share uh, so much of these hot takes. And, and if they're not, if they're just hot takes, like, is this the type of publicity that you want? Like, trust me, I am starving for Twitter interaction. I love the followers, but I wouldn't put this out. I'd just be roundly, soundly flamed on Twitter. And, and to Logan's credit, again, respect his work 40-odd years. You know, you're doing a job really well, or you're doing a job for a long time, you're doing it 40-odd years, and, and that's what he's done. But that is a take and a half. That is a yikes for me. That is... No bueno. That is not good. Twitter fingers. I'm just saying. That's the segment. 
sometimes on Twitter you put out something that you, you probably should have waited a little bit just put in the draft let it sit for a couple seconds think it over let it marinate and then you know if you decide that it's worth going out there and, and dropping the bomb do that okay I think Montel's is the greatest score from 2007-2010. I am just kidding. <laughs> all right, y'all. That is all I have, folks. NBA Today will be back at you tomorrow. So until then, y'all stay frosty. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.